0: Modern smartphones are sleek and thin, but they're also fragile and expensive. If you're really careful, you may use it until you're ready to upgrade without shattering the glass. But if you look around, you'll see most phones wrapped in a case for protection. Our personal data is even more valuable than the device it's stored on, and it deserves just as much protection. The work that I do requires me to travel a lot, which means I'm frequently to connect, connected to unfamiliar networks. Nefarious hackers can make up to $1,000 selling the data of each of their victims on the dark web, and there are cheap hardware and software tools readily available that let even a smart middle schooler snatch your data without you even noticing. A virtual private network, or VPN, like ExpressVPN, creates a secure, encrypted tunnel between your devices and the servers that you're transmitting data to and from. When you're you're sitting at the airport gate area, or airline lounge, or even your hotel room, those Wi-Fi networks aren't secure. Your bits are flying through the air, and whether you're checking your bank account balance, sending data to a client, or just checking your email, bad actors can snatch up your usernames, passwords, and everything else you send and receive if it's not encrypted. The layers of security used by ExpressVPN would take over a billion years to expose by bad guys with some of the most powerful supercomputers. ExpressVPN Trusted Server Technology also runs each session in memory in a unique virtual space that is wiped clean as you end your session with none of your data ever written to a hard drive, so there's no residue for anyone to recover about what you were doing after the fact. ExpressVPN runs on almost all devices, including Windows, Mac, iOS, Linux, Android, streaming devices like Chromecast, Roku, Firestick, and Apple TV, and there's also a Chrome browser extension. It's super simple to use. Once you install ExpressVPN, it's one click to establish a secure encrypted tunnel with servers in 105 countries around the world. I've personally been paying for and using ExpressVPN for years on all of my personal devices. When I, started, when I first started using VPNs for work more than 20 years ago, they were often slow and unstable and had to be restarted frequently. But with ExpressVPN, data speeds are virtually unchanged from running fully exposed, so you can just turn the VPN on and leave it on. I often get materials from clients and companies that are are under embargo or NDA, and if it leaks out, I can get into some trouble. But even if I just wanted to reach back to my personal server to grab some files, check my email, or watch something that's only available on one of my streaming services at home while I'm out of the country, ExpressVPN lets me do it all securely. Your data is valuable. Don't let bad actors steal it and potentially misuse it. Secure your online data today by visiting ExpressVPN. Dot com slash wheelbearings that's e-x-p-r-e-s-s-v-p-n dot com slash wheelbearings and you can get an extra three months free when you sign up. ExpressVPN dot com slash wheelbearings. And thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting wheelbearings. Coming up on episode 307 of Wheelbearings, we've got the 2023 Lincoln Corsair Grand Touring, the Mercedes-Benz EQS SUV, Rolls-Royce Banning Scalpers, Battery Plant NIMBYs, a new Electric Caterham, the 2024 Chevrolet Traverse, EVs are piling up, Hyundai Anonic 5 with a simulated 8-speed DCT, and more coming up next. This is episode three hundred and seven. This time of Wheel Bearings. I'm Sam Abual Samad from Guidehouse Insights,
2: and I'm Nicole Wakelin from the Road Reflective Podcast,
0: and I'm
3: Roberto Baldwin from Where do I work? Hot cars and top speed. All right, Excellent. hot cars. Hot Every car comes with Got. a free hot dog. <laughs> got, got, got a it? new I job. Like I got it's a new job-y a free job. Hot
2: dog. Yeah, congrats on the new job. Go, Rob. News
3: and features content manager. I have to open up uh email every uh podcast and look at my signature to remember what my job title is. <laughs> like I know what I do. It's just the job titles to, to are just job titles to me are ridiculous.
2: <laughs> job titles are ridiculous. Just, just let yeah. me do
3: my
0: job. you All just may right.
2: to do it. You don't care what they call you. I just okay, want to do my joby
0: job. Well, let's let's start with this job by telling us what you drove, Robbie. Well,
3: Sam, you might be surprised to find out that I drove the 2023 Lincoln Corsair Grand Touring all wheel drive.
0: Really? Have, yeah. You, you know what? I drove the same thing. <gasps> exactly. Almost the exact same. Mine was gray. And mine was infinite black. Infinite which is not black exactly black. infinite, but you know, it's, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if, if it's infinite, you would expect it to be something more like Vanta black. This was actually, Oh yeah! do you remember the uh, tuxedo black that um, they used to have on Lincoln's back about 10 years ago? Oh,
3: yeah, yeah. Black
0: yeah. that had like little, apparently little glass, uh, little balls of glass in the paint. I
2: don't even remember this. Was it really, did it look
0: cool? Yeah, it was a it was really sparkle. nice black.
2: Yeah.
0: A little different okay. from your typical metallic black. But.
2: Okay.
0: Anyway, what did you think of the Corsair? Uh, it's a car. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow. All right, so it's. Okay, I like the Lincoln Navigator. Mm-hmm. Like the new Lincoln it's it's not you get into it, you know exactly what it is. It's very nice. It's comfortable. It drives well. I really like the inf- the uh, the dash cluster because it's very it's, it's very low key. It's very, you know, chill. When you turn things, like it has a little animation, but really it just tells you you're in a certain mode. It's a nice it's a nice, large, luxury SUV. The Corsair is—it's an SUV. Mm. It's a—it's—it's supposed it's a, its a luxury SUV. But there's so many things in it that make me feel like if you bought this as a luxury SUV, you would be a little irritated. Oh,
1: irritating.
3: for example, oh,
2: my that's
3: not good. The so they have the little gear selection. It's all those little buttons, but mm-hmm. it's kind of underneath. <laughs> Like a little ledge, and the, and to the left of that, still underneath the ledge, is the power button. You know, start, mm-hmm. stop, turn it on, ignition. Yeah, they're it's they're kind of un- hidden. There, it's a hidden power button. So I knew where this was. I've had this car for a week, and then last night I had to finish the um the my P have my all electric uh, uh test, and so I got out into the car and I was doing stuff and I was plugging in my phone, to make sure I had some you know whatever to listen to. And then the lights turned off and I couldn't find, I knew where it was, but I couldn't figure out where to press. I was pressing above. I was pressing below it. I couldn't find <laughs> the start button.
2: That's not ideal.
3: That is not. Yeah. It's like hidden under there. And the first time I got in the car, I was like, where is this? I'm like, well, oh, that just looks like an, like a, like a, like a, like an error.
0: <laughs> so we should explain that for model year, 2023 you know, launched earlier this year. Um, the 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 Corsair and also the Ford Escape which shares its platform with this. Both mm-hmm. got a, a refresh, a mid-cycle refresh. They've been on sale for a few years now. They got, you know, some styling updates um and in the case of the Corsair, um they did some interior changes as well, which includes a larger center touchscreen and you know kind of reshaped the dashboard. And I seem to recall previously on the Corsair the the, the those pian- sort of like piano keys switches for the transmission and also the on off switch were not quite as far back. They weren't it's- like hidden up in a cubby like they are now. Yeah.
3: In a cubby. <laughs> Let's just shove them up here. <laughs> the things that you need to turn the car on and shift gears, just, just shove them up in there real quick. It's uh, and so then right below that is this big like rectangular area and then the middle of that is a really small line of buttons. And so it feels like there's just this empty space and then a little line of buttons. And if you push any of those buttons, the whole little plastic thing moves like the entire plastic thing moves like if you push the button because it's actually
0: one piece of plastic. It's one piece. So it
3: feels really cheap. It just feels it's just. It it just that feels yeah.
2: That's terrible. It just like they
3: are like, oh, we gotta make a we gotta make a small little SUV. Let's. Oh, what should we take from the Lincoln? I don't know. You know what? We can get the dash cluster, and I guess the. You know, was it Active Glide? We got all these other things. Oh, it's Blue Cruise now. They dropped oh, the active? active Glide. Mine I says Active Glide, in it mine. does say
0: Active Glide when you turn it on in the cluster. But it, um, everywhere else, they, they officially it's officially called Blue Cruise now. Oh so my god! They're dropping the so, Active Glide branding. So presumably, when they when they push out the one point three update, which they just announced today as we're recording this, um, hopefully that will change to um, to Blue, Blue Cruise. Cruise.
3: So that's another thing.
0: <clears throat> so just, I, <clears throat> I just –
3: driving Active Glide is. It's not it's Blue Cruise, it's okay. I you know, as a as a as a hands free system. I drove seven hours one day in it. I had to go to, to uh, the Central Valley in San Joaquin Valley on Saturday. So I had to drove I drove it all the way there, I drove it all the way back. I used Blue Active Glide.
2: <laughs> blue Active Glide. No, I believe I that's think Active that's what Blue Glide. It blue active
3: active glide. Blue Glide. <laughs> <laughs> I drove it there, and it, you know, it 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 was fine, but I kept my hand on the wheel like the entire time because <laughs> it it would like sometimes it would just be just a it would be on the edge of of a of a lane, like it wasn't centering correctly, and it's just like it's just like everything about the car just it just can't irritate the, is the me
2: blue cruise glide essentially the same software and everything as blue cruise is there a difference yes between... no it's exactly the yeah it's the same it's the same, it is exactly it's the same. The same. okay that's yes. what i yeah. thought just the name that was yeah it's it's really the same okay. it's just
0: it's you know it's, you know what it is that they initially they wanted to i think they wanted to distinguish it so they gave the lincolns a different brand for the the exact same functionality and they called it Active Glide on Lincoln, but then earlier this year, when Consumer Reports had their you know, their ADAS study, you know, and we had uh, uh, Kelly Funkhauser on, to yeah. and they they named Blue Cruise the best uh, ADAS system. Uh, I think after that, they decided, well, we've been, we, Blue Cruise has been named number one, so we got to use the Blue Cruise branding. So they, they switched uh, in. I oh, mean, you know, I
3: understand, okay. but they didn't. It's just, it's just a weird. Yeah, fine, it should have just been called Blue Cruise. But I know they want like yeah, LinkedIn is a premium, and we're gonna use Active Glide is such a weird name. Yeah, Active
0: well, I, Glide. It, 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 yeah, I mean, it's the same like, thing. You know, they they don't. It call... sounds like
3: you get something you get from an adult.
1: Yeah. Store. it's an adult store
3: like. thing. What I, well, I went and got some Active Glide. It's We're going to have a nice weekend. Does.
2: That's all I can think of when I hear that. Like, <laughs> going to Ew. a nice movie. Ew, this is not what I want for my my. What'd you pick up car. in Amsterdam?
0: I got some Active Glide. <laughs>
2: oh, gosh. I'm so glad they ditched that name. That was ex- It's just, no. It's I had bird. not thought
0: of that until just now.
2: Oh, well, that's exactly Clearly, what Nicole I and I
0: are are not good people.
2: are both <laughs> terrible humans because I'm like, oh, that's not the product they think it is. Yeah.
3: So, mm. yeah. So the, the, the seat. I could not get comfortable in the seat. <laughs> like well, the, my back was 24 adjustments. How- I know all those adjustments and I, I couldn't get it to just be comfortable.
2: It's 10,000 way adjustable and you weren't it's comfortable. It's 10,000
3: ways to make it. Un- you know what? It was nice though. The massage, the massage function was nice. Yes, it was. Yeah. But I think the massage section is is why my legs and my butt hurt while I was driving this thing because it's just like <laughs> metal underneath it instead of like the cushion. They're like, well, we got to have the massage for the butts. So should we put some cushion in there? Nah.
2: Just butt massage. That's all <laughs> just, we need.
3: Just a just a metal. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in driving around, you know, it. Uh, I didn't have any issues with with the drivetrain, no chassis issues. It's you know, it's it's it's, it's a really fancy Ford Escape. Which is just uh, uh, you know, a less fancy Bronco Sport. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the, when they of like nesting dolls, you just go from the fanciest to the, yeah. to so the Escape, least fancy, like, sport, like one of those Matresca dolls, whatever. They and
0: are. the Maverick. Yeah. Uh, well, so okay, there's the so Maverick Escape, Bronco Sport, Corvair. Or so Coursera.
3: there are <laughs> four vehicles on this platform, and two of them are real are good, and two of them like it's not that the Escape is bad; it's just that the Bronco Sport is better. Yeah. And the and the Corsair is just you know it's it's in a market you know it's the starting price is like eight thousand below starting eight is about seven eight thousand below like
0: BMW and Mercedes and whatever it's it's like thirty it's just under thirty nine thousand dollars okay so
3: yeah so it's you know it's 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 not it's not as expensive as what you're going to get from the Germans. But it's also, you can really feel that 8000 bucks, <laughs> <laughs> that $8,000 difference. Like you get into a, a, the, GLC, the new GLC and you're just like, this is, they didn't even have to really change anything. They just did little tweaks here and there and made little updates and it's just such a nice vehicle. And I just feel like the Corsair with the update, it's just, I don't, I don't know it's what not. they're doing with this. I think they're, they're trying to nickel and dime and save some cash. And you know, I understand, you know, you gotta try to save some money, but if you're buying into a luxury vehicle, it's like just making it kind of look luxury doesn't make it luxury, and that's 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 how I feel about the Corsair. Um, on my uh, EV only drive, I got twenty five, no, twenty four point eight miles EV only driving. I did hit, uh, I did hit some. It's it's really windy here during the summer, mm. so sometimes you're driving it's, like against forty mile an hour headwinds.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I did I did my usual loop, and I actually got thirty three miles. All right, so yeah, so and it, it was and it's sweet. officially rated at twenty eight. Some. yeah, so when I started well, between it was us, like we averaged it, out about 28
3: Yeah, so when I started it looked like it was gonna hit 28 and then I had to do the freeway portion and it was just like <laughs> I was like, "Well, this is it. And I just yeah. watch I just watched the, <laughs> the range just get hammered. I'm like, all right Well, I got to make sure to mention this." <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, we, we you know, we put some stuff in it. We took it for a drive It wasn't a you know, it, it, I don't know. I just <sighs> change the seats. Fix that. Fix that little <laughs> weird cubby. And um, yeah, how, how did you? How did you like it, Sam? After I'm just sitting here,
0: <laughs> just feeling so sort of about just, it. Just just to start with, uh, I pulled up the um, a picture I took of the court of the course the pre-refresh corsair a couple of years ago so mm-hmm. when the when the plug-in hybrid first came out and i tested it and so you know part of the the changes that they made to the the for for this year is they went to a bigger center touch screen like i said they went from a, a 10 inch to a 13 inch center touch screen previously the stop start button was actually up on top of the dash next to the, the, the center's touch screen. So it was very clearly visible. Boop. It was Just right there. Boop. But because they made that screen wider, now there uh-huh. was no room there for the button. So they moved the button down below. The the, the piano keys for shifting are exactly the same as they were. They're, they're, they um, they haven't actually changed. But they, they, have they an stick charge. out.
3: I feel like they stick out far enough where you're like, oh, okay, those weren't the issues. Yeah, it was just they were like, fine, fine. You're right. It just felt like was,
0: the the start the, button the, is just shoved back up in there. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. <laughs> like and someone's trying to hide it a like quarter from you. That's right. What- <laughs> yeah, and I I did notice the same thing. The other thing that they that they changed uh, in the interior is that the sort the the part of the console that kind of sticks out from there just below the shifter buttons. Yeah, it's now about. Mm, probably about less than half as long. So it doesn't stick out nearly as far mm-hmm. as it did before. And before you had the, um, you had the physical controls for the climate control all on there. You didn't uh, have this one little strip. Uh, so there was, you know, buttons for, he didn't, he didn't seats and the, you know, where you wanted the direction of the the air to flow and the volume and tuning buttons were also on this, this little console thing. And they basically, what they did was when they went to the larger touchscreen, it now has, along the bottom of that, there is a strip of for the climate controls that is always displayed. So whether you're using carplay or Android auto or the regular infotainment system, those controls are always there. It's now touch controls, but they're but they are at least always visible. They're never they never disappear depending on whatever didn't. mode you go in um so they're they're at least consistent even though you still can't do them by feel um and they they got rid of that and made that you know this little cantilevered console thing you know they shrunk it down and just have that one strip with that like you say that single piece of plastic on there you push they, one part and the other part like it's like a seesaw if you push and, the edges <laughs> yeah well do you um did you ever use the blackberry storm
2: oh my gosh
0: no uh, it was it's kind not as bad as that, but kind of like that because the <laughs> storm was BlackBerry's response to the iPhone when the iPhone came out. They it was their first touchscreen phone, and they wanted to keep you know the tactile feel of the keyboard. So the what they had was they had switches four switches underneath the the touchscreen. So when you pressed on the touchscreen, it clicked. But, you know, you had the whole screen was literally pivoting and clicking um, when you touched it. It was terrible. It yeah, was I just did. atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, This is not that bad, but it's still <laughs> not great. Um, Yeah, I mean, overall, you know, it's fine. I, you know, I think at $39,000, $40,000, the Corsair is okay. It, yeah I think okay is a good is a pretty good review of the yeah. Corsair. I and mean, it's, it's it's you know I think it's competitive fine. with you know it's competitive with like the the Lexus NX and uh you know stuff like that you know and they're you know they're in a similar price range. Um the you know, at 65000 which is what mine was priced at.
3: Yeah, mine was priced the same thing. Let yeah, it, me double check. Who it's,
0: knew? it's pretty steep. Yeah, I mean, they're, at the the Grand Touring, which is the plug-in hybrid, starts at uh, oh, yeah. like fifty three or something. Yeah, yeah, mine
3: started at fifty-three, I got $65,970. Yeah, there's
0: total. that $8,000 Collection 3 option package that includes Blue Cruise and um, a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, also, the heads-up display. Um, if you're gonna have blue cruise oh, yeah. in this thing, having the heads-up display is actually really good. You know, because I, you know, I, I talked about my issues with blue cruise mm-hmm. when it I drove the make any noises. Issues. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> It makes well,
2: noises. It's um, too quiet.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and the, you know, what it, what it shows in the instrument cluster is still that predominantly blue color. Yeah. Thing.
3: Everything's blue. It's just a little, and like the picture is like there's a picture of a steering wheel with yeah. your hands on it. That's when you come to get <laughs> your hands on it. And then there's a picture of a steering wheel without your hands on it, but also like a glue, like, a phantasm like the, yeah. Or yeah. some sort of something <laughs> it's glowing behind you guys it, can well, see well, the look, waving it, hands that's it, going it, along it, with Robbie's it, description. It, it, <laughs> it
0: looks like the you know, it looks like there's walls on other side. It's like a graphic that kind of shows like um you know, when looking down at the, the car as it's driving down the road from you know, you're above and behind the car. Looking down at it, and you know it's like there's walls with spots on them on either side of the road, and you're drive. It's flowing past, you know, and you're driving past these walls, like blue, f- flowy flames. Yeah. Out. Anyway,
3: <laughs> it's um, not enough. It should be. There should be a bing or a boop or something. But to the, hey, the, the heads-up
0: display anymore. actually gives you a, a a much better view, you know, and it it it. I mean, it's still blue, but you see. You know the steering wheel. When you're in hands-free mode, the steering wheel is larger, um, and you know when it wants you to go hands-on, it actually moves to a different location and shows you with with your hands on the wheel. It moves from the side into the center. You know to say, "Hey, put your hands on the wheel." So it's right there in front of you, so you don't even have to look down at the cluster. So I actually thought that worked worked fairly well um except if you wear polarized sunglasses yes
3: that is true which which both of my sunglasses are polarized i'm I'm always like turning my
0: head i'm like how fast am i going yeah it's like what's
2: the speed (laughs)
3: um
0: yeah that eight thousand dollar option package also gets you heated rear seat um and auto air refresh and and the the revel 14 speaker audio system which sounds good you know it's it's fine um it's but you know it's 65 grand it's it's a little it's it's too expensive
3: if for 65 just pay the three thousand dollars more or or so and get the base trim level glc because you're just going to have a a much nicer car all the way you know across the board it's just in all regards in all regards just pay a little bit extra and get the glc sorry um Yeah, the- but again, I love I really I like the aviator. The aviators are the last time I drove, it. I don't know how much yeah. they've changed, who knows what they've done to it. Nothing. Um, and I like the navigator, yeah. I like both of those. It's just, I'm like, hey, we have the Corsair. I'm like, oh, cool, I have to do a really long drive. This will be a nice car. And the whole time, I was like, oh, this <laughs> isn't what I wanted.
2: This is not expectations, not met. This
1: is not my
3: but,
0: expectations, but at least, is. at least with the Corsair, you do have all wheel drive, which you don't have with the escape plug in hybrid. So the escape plug-in hybrid is five-drive oh, only. And it's like yeah, 200 horsepower. this is horsepower. all-wheel drive
3: PHEV. Wait, so they could make an all-wheel drive Maverick PHEV.
0: Absolutely. All-wheel drive. They Come could. on. Yeah. I mean, they're not going but to. But then it would be really they can, they way can, too can, expensive. Yeah, they can't They can't figure they out how to make enough. It would probably be a $45,000 Maverick at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're defeating yeah. the
2: purpose of being a Maverick in the first place. And then at that point, exactly. point I might as
0: well just get a Tacoma. Yeah. Yeah. Taco. So, that's the uh, that's the 2023 Lincoln Corsair Grand Touring Plug-in Hybrid All-Wheel Drive. (laughs) It's nice. (laughs) It's
3: okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Uh,
0: Lincoln.
3: Maybe next. uh,
0: Did you know you can support Wheel Bearings directly? Head to Patreon.com/WheelBearingsMedia, and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you, and exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So, if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to Patreon.com/WheelBearingsMedia. Are you Nicole. Would you drive?
2: I had a car that was twice as expensive as your uh, your little Lincoln, um, and it was nine bazillion times nicer. It is. I was dreaming. It
3: double is. The, double the price, nine bazillion times better.
2: Right? So holy value. Um, it was the 2023 Mercedes-Benz EQS 580 SUV exclusive. That's the whole title. Ooh. Because fancy car needs lots of words to describe it. Yeah. Um, I did not have a Monroney for this, so I kind of built it. I think, um, and it is one hundred and twenty nine thousand one hundred dollars. So, two of the Lincoln's. Would you take two Lincoln's or one of these?
0: I would take one of those. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably take. Well, even though I, though I haven't driven that, on, I'd probably take I, one EQS.
2: Like you know what the
3: the Corsair is like Panera. Like you go to Panera and you get there and you're like, oh, <laughs> this is a disappointing sandwich. <laughs> I should so have then, gone a little bit more money and got a better sandwich somewhere else. So
2: instead of Panera, if of course Panera, then this is your local handcrafted artist yeah,
3: sandwich
0: like you, you with like grain
2: locally sourced bread. This this
0: is the Zingerman's
2: to
3: Panera. Like, the Zingerman's what do you want?
2: Panera. So there we go. So anybody what do you want? Almonds? And then just yeah.
3: they they slice the meat. What yeah. kind of cheese you want? All right, let me slice some cheese. Of cheese.
2: They have
0: like Can I really get an extra slice of, of that cheese mustard. on there? Mustard. Yeah. Right, yeah, can I get a slice of the provolone and a slice of the Swiss? Like, of
3: each, sure man. And, and the Manchego. That's Give me a slice
0: want. of Manchego too. Of and the those guy are knows you. Be
2: like
3: yeah. Or the, the guy or the gal knows you and they're like, hey, how's it going? It's like a 15-minute sandwich so Mercedes-Benz
2: is the fancy sandwich of SUVs.
3: Yeah, it's a
0: 15-minute sandwich experience <laughs> of an SUV. I'm, fancy sure, sandwich of I'm sure Rob Moran will appreciate that.
2: Yeah, you're welcome, Rob. We worked really hard on that. Um, I like fancy sandwiches, the, the, so it's all The fancy good.
0: sandwich of SUVs, there's our the title. The fancy
2: sandwich. <laughs> so, the, there's a variety of ranges depending on the trim you get because there's like front-wheel drive and there's the all-wheel drive. This has the dual electric motors with all-wheel drive so it's it's really weird and i couldn't quite figure this out to be honest when you go online the specs say it has 285 miles of range i it's estimating like it shows you how far it thinks it has less to go and it keeps giving me over 300 in the car so i'm not sure where that's the, official, the germans for you yeah i'm like so the official says 285 and i like double I, like when i sat in the car i thought wait a minute, am i reading this wrong nope official says 285 but it's got up to as high as I think when I I haven't had it fully charged. Like when I got it, it wasn't fully charged and I haven't gotten it all the way up there yet. It was like 312 or something. And I'm like, well, that's a bit more than what they say. So so we'll see. Um, I have good
3: I have good luck with the Germans and their range. It's always higher.
2: Yeah. That's what I'm figuring. It's just because when it cause it, it does do that thing where like if you're blasting the AC, it lets you know, okay, you're, you know, using everything, you're gonna have yeah. reduce your range and it gives you the estimates so you can see how you're how you're using your vehicles impacting your range which i always think is really cool it sort of gamifies driving um so 536 horsepower 633 pound feet of torque you push the pedal i can't call it accelerator That just go sounds pedal. too darn fancy the go pedal you push i like that you push the go pedal in your fancy sandwich and it moves it really really goes really fast it's there's no hesitation but you know it has the combination of being quiet because it's an electric vehicle and EVs don't have the noise of an engine when you accelerate but also it's got that well-mannered thing that comes from a true luxury brand like this this is a $130,000 car they're not messing around so even though you go and you go aggressively there's none of that like sort of it's not harsh it's very well-mannered it feels very controlled it it is a lovely car to drive it is really really nice to drive and I don't know if, Robbie, you would like this better or worse, but like the mes- the seats, also very adjustable seats, and there's massage. The, magi- the,
3: the, the Mercedes seats are, are the best.
2: There's like- I've driven
3: to LA and back a few times, like during lockdown, when I had yeah. to go down to Mercedes events, they would just give me a Mercedes to drive down there. and It was always a delightful experience.
2: The seats, like, and here's the thing, you guys, the headrest, the headrest in this, there's this traditional like sort of, you know, hard headrest. But on top of it there's a little pillow it's literally a little pillow you can unvelcro it and take it off if you want it is so darn comfortable i like you put your head back i think i can't actually adjust this so my head's back because i'm just gonna go sleep it's so comfortable and you have it on the driver and passenger side and in back the the outboard rear passengers also get their own little version of this. I've determined I don't think it's quite as floofy as the ones in front, but still you get your own little pillow. My only objection to this pillow is that it's got sort of like a suede finish to it. It's not leather. So it kind of grabs your hair a little bit. So as you turn your head, it keeps grabbing your hair. And I feel like after a road trip, my hair would be kind of like a mess. Like a little
3: in the rat's nest. Like, you're me rat's around. To the back. Is just, it, like around. It's just swirling and swirling and yeah. swirling and swirling so your I like, hair. I literally
2: just straightened my hair. And then I thought, this is just me. And then my daughter, who's 19, was running. And she's like, this keeps like messing up my hair. And I'm like, oh, she thinks the same thing. So, but oh my gosh, are these seats comfy? So comfy. Um, And again, this has, this is, there was, I drove the sedan and the Mercedes sedan and the lights, the ambient lighting inside of the Mercedes, it never fails to crack me up that there are things you may not do while you are driving because it is distracting. But if you would like to set the lighting to go through a rainbow of colors constantly and blink and do this, you can do that and that's not distracting. Apparently, to have it look like you're inside of a nightclub as you're driving along, like your whole Daft Punk thing, the inside of this with that light would look absolutely appropriate at one of your concerts. I drivers. turn that stuff
3: all the way up I and mean, I just drive around.
2: It was, and actually, well, you know,
3: and like, and like within like five seconds, I completely forget it's on.
2: Well, I notice <laughs> it. I always notice. I don't. There's certain. But I feel like people driving by are like,
3: "What's going on that guy's car? What the
2: heck is this guy doing?" Right? It is really cool. My daughter loves to play. So whatever ambient lighting is available, she puts it to the most in your face version of it that you can conceivably come up with. And it's hilarious. She did that. My husband sat down in the car last and he's like, whoa, what is going on? I'm like, that would be her fault. Uh, so and it also has what they call the MBUX hyperscreen, which is 56 inches of screen. Your entire dashboard pretty much is screen. So you have a 12.3 inch Digital instrument cluster, a seventeen point seven inch infotainment screen, and then a twelve point three inch passenger screen that does I don't think all, but a lot of the functions you get on your infotainment. Um, so it's just screen, just screen everywhere. And the middle one, it it is gigantic. Uh, it looks cool, but again, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of.
3: I don't. Screen. That screen is too much. To me, What's I like that? the regular. I just like the regular, like their little portrait screen that you can you get. You think
2: it's too much? I,
3: I, the, the, I, like, no one ever cares about that. I show everyone the passenger screen. No passenger has ever been excited to use it. When I was in, but, but when I was in, when, when, when um, I did the EQE SUV drive with uh, and Tim Stevens was driving. I was in mm-hmm. the passenger side, and I watched some of, um, everything everywhere all at once. And I'm like, well, I guess I could do that. But then at the <laughs> same time, I could just do that on my iPad.
2: <laughs> right. Well, you know what, it was interesting. My daughter had a really good point, and I i don't know that this is something that, and this isn't a Mercedes-Benz thing. This is anybody who has a screen on the passenger side. So when you're, your airbags, you know like the thing, like if you're too close to the to the steering wheel, it's not good to be too close because they always tell the driver, like the airbag could go off and it's time to go off at a certain thing. You shouldn't be too close. Like You shouldn't put your feet on a dashboard because if you're, the airbag goes off and the passenger's riding with their feet on the dashboard, the airbag's gonna go off and hurt your feet. When she goes to use the infotainment screen, she's right. And that she tends not to be laying all the way back. She leans forward on her knees to touch the screen. Mm-hmm. So you are now putting your face really, really close uh-huh. to the screen. So if something happened, I feel like you're very, not that the screen's going to, but you know, there's an airbag in there and I know the airbag is designed to go off and not cause the screen to hit you or anything, but you are very, very close to that dashboard. And until she said that I never really thought about it. Like you were because she said like if she's watching something, she'll watch it and she leans back. But if she's messing around with stuff, she leans in close to the screen. And I I wonder about that. And again, not a Mercedes Benz knock, just a hey, I wonder. I know that the Mercedes,
3: if you slam on that brake, it shoves you. It just grabs you and yanks you back.
2: (laughs) Is those it maybe that's bells, it? Maybe it's going to immediately be, 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 will just be the seat like, pretensioners bah. will yank you back. There, and there are and things be.
3: that the, the Mercedes does that is like insane. Like one of them is that. The other one is if you get out of your lane, it will like, no, and it yanks you back into your lane. You
2: will get back in the right lane. So maybe that's will, it. maybe it's set well, it to do that. But it was something that had never occurred to me until my teenage daughter said, you know, I'm sitting actually really close to this as I'm playing around selecting things. That can't be safe. And I thought, gosh, I don't know. Is it? Like it's a question. I wonder now. I I need a Mercedes Benz person to answer that question. Well, you, or you know what? With do, do you remember screen? when we
0: were kids and you know our parents told us, "Don't sit so close to the TV; you'll go blind." Right. Well, now yeah. it should just be, "Don't sit so close to the screen; you'll you'll get killed. You'll you'll right. die."
2: Like right? Your
3: like hand
0: I, will get smashed into your face.
2: Like I really don't. You wonder now? Like I never thought about it until she said it. And now, because like, I know the the Jeep, the Grand Wagoneer has one over there too. I feel yeah. like there's a couple different, so it's not like a Mercedes has
3: one. Yeah,
2: so it's not Jeep like a Mercedes Benz. Porsche's it's got it in the Taycan. Like, oh yeah, right? Porsche
3: has it in the Taycan. So I but, wonder well, what kind I, the of The problem testing is, 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 the testing is that the people just get bored with them after about five minutes and they never use it again. I think that's... that's the-
2: so it's not an issue. <laughs> it's like, we're not using it, don't worry, you're not going to get it injured in an accident because yeah, you're fine. never going to yep. use it again okay, after the first 10 minutes. It's
0: there, it does stuff
2: it does stop and then you. so anyway so that was my thought about that screen and and that it's gigantic um i i do feel like it's a bit much for the screen um but as far as driving it i mean it it is a wonderful car to drive it is It looks so much like a luxury car. The second you open the door and even before you open the door, like the handles pop out and actually says Mercedes Benz is like embossed onto the top part of the handles at night. When you open the doors, the puddle lamps, they're like dual puddle lamps. One side, like the side on the outside of the door has the traditional Star, what are they, do they call it a tri-star? I'm suddenly drawing a blank. The star, the
0: Mercedes-Benz star, I think.
2: The major, just Mercedes-Benz star. But then they have, when you pull the, when you look at it from the inside, it has the little star pattern, the same one that makes up the grill it's not just a badge on the grill there's actually imagine the entire grill would really be like a honeycomb pattern on a traditional car it's just a million little like little just a little star like not with a circle around it just a little star all so around. i get
3: really nerdy and i go say my god it's full of stars
2: it's full of stars <laughs> it's full of stars the grill is full of stars the puddle lamp is full of stars and even on the inside there's this natural wood that is on the center console, and it's actually on the front and the rear doors, and in that are embedded the same pattern. of these tiny, teeny, teeny, wee, little, tiny, little metal stars. And you can kind of sort of feel them with your fingers, like they're just ever so slightly, there's like some tactile thing going on there. But like, these are all unbelievable details. Like they just, you sit down and you think, holy cow, this is a luxury car. Which I think when you sit down in a car that costs over $100,000, there should be no doubt in your mind before you've even hit the start button that you were sitting in a hundred thousand dollar car. If you can't tell, then they've done it wrong.
0: There. I think that's that sounds it. about right.
2: That's so yeah, so I like this. I really, I really like this. I mean, it's it's expensive, but it it does exactly what a car at this price point should do. And you know, it's an electric vehicle, so it gets you something that's an E V. Oh, and one of the cutest little things. Have, do you know how you fill the windshield washer fluid in this?
3: Well thing pops out.
2: It's a little thing that pops out. Like it looks kind of like it should be like an EV charging port, but it's actually a little tiny port in the front. It pops open. It's on the, it's at,
0: on the right front fender, right?
2: On the, uh, yeah, the driver's side front fender. Oh, the driver's like side or the passenger driver, side? I think it was driver's driver side. side driver's oh. side. And it pops open, but what's really funny is it pops up and it has a little image, like if your washer fluid's out, you know the image you get on your instrument cluster, it has that inside that little thing. So if you look in it and you're wondering like, what is this for? It has that same little washer fluid logo, but it kind of, when you look at it, it makes me think of the little pod in your washing machine for fabric softener. Don't put fabric softener in there. That's not what I'm saying, but that's exactly what it looks like. But you
3: could, I mean, it would be bad.
2: It would be bad in a hundred ways, not recommending this, but yeah, so it just like pops out, you put in your windshield for Fluid and pop it back close. It's really kind of cute. I thought that was neat. So that's my thoughts on the very fancy 2023 Mercedes Benz EQS 580 SUV exclusive.
0: Exclusive. 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 Oh, oh, so I don't before, know why it's before, we, before we continue on, um, I remembered one other thing about the Corsair <laughs> that we're I, think, back. I think justifies and its existence. And we're back
2: to the Panera sandwich. <laughs>
0: The Corsair, or at least the one I had, had a spare tire, which is extremely rare in a plug-in vehicle. Oh, had, so uh, is in, that in in one back, point and, and in the Corsair's favor? In the back, and you lift up the, favor? and you go in the cargo cargo area, and you lift up the the thing there on the floor. Yes, there was a spare tire there. I was shocked. Ooh, I did well, not expect to see thing. a spare. That's so, a good thing. Uh, yeah, that is that is actually quite rare, you know, in smaller plug-in vehicles. They're, usually, all you get is an inflator kit, and this one had a, an actual spare tire. You know, it was a mini spare, but it was a spare nonetheless. So, good on Lincoln for that.
2: Yes, good job, Lincoln. Spare tire, woohoo!
0: <laughs> all right, um, let's go into a few of the stories from this week. Um, first up, um, Rolls Royce. Uh, they have launched the uh, the Spectre their first electric vehicle. Did either of you get invited on the drive program for that? No,
2: I did not drive the Specter.
0: I got invited, I couldn't go. Oh. Uh, there it's generally gotten pretty rave reviews. Um but um you know as is usual with anything that is, you know, limited in availability, um and uh um and in in some degree of high demand. Uh, to the, you know, to the extent that a $400,000 car can, you know, have a lot of demand.
2: Gosh, is that uh, it starts at $400,000? Yeah, hey, baby. something
0: like that. Uh, the, uh, you know, there are, of course, scalpers who dun, dun, dun. buy these things and turn around <laughs> and sell them to somebody That's else with scary. even more money for, you know, some ridiculous premium. Um, Rolls-Royce is having none of that. And uh, they have said, they have told people that if you buy a Spectre, and you immediately turn around and sell it, Um, you will never, ever, ever, as long as you live, be able to buy another new Rolls-Royce.
2: Unless you buy it scalped.
0: Well, yeah, but, I mean, (laughs) you will never be able to buy one from Rolls-Royce. You'll never be able to buy a brand new Rolls-Royce from Rolls-Royce. We will never sell you one again. And I don't know about you, but I like that idea. I think more automakers ought to do that.
3: No more Rolls-Royce for you.
2: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's it's not like it's a car that's a mass market car that's out there in tons and tons of units and people want it. And if people are just going to take advantage of the market to try and, you know, make a buck that way, that stinks for people who are just willing to buy it and who maybe wanted to customize it because Mercedes, I mean, excuse me, Rolls Royce can do whatever kind of customization your heart desires, you know, if they just buy one. And now the person who really wanted one is just a regular person with $400,000 couldn't customize sorry. it the, or 450 couldn't customize it the way they wanted. Yeah, I I think that's a cool move. So it gives people who really want to buy it and keep it for themselves a better chance of getting it.
0: Yeah. Um all right. Uh next, um battery plants. They're going up all over the place. Uh the list that we have that you know, at where I work, Guidehouse, we've got a, about 30 battery plants um that will be should be operational in North America by the end of 2026. Wow. On that list, um, and there's at least one of them that uh, neighbors don't want it. They don't want one there. Uh, that is the uh, the plant that Ford is building uh, in Marshall, Michigan, which is in uh, near near the Indiana border and toward, over towards like Southwest Michigan, um, and uh, it's a small rural small town rural area and there are some neighbors in the in the vicinity that do not want a factory with 5000 employees in their area um you know they apparently don't want the jobs uh and they're protesting yeah. and they're pushing back you know they're they're trying to get um trying to get a judge to uh to block the factory um you know the uh, or sorry 2500 employees not 5000 only 2500 oh okay. well that's different that's a yeah. that's a horse of a <laughs> the, different color yeah Fred Chapman has a message for Ford, who's, which is planning to build a sprawling factory on the outskirts of his town to make batteries for electric cars. We don't need jobs, he says. <laughs> I, I like mean, that. Fred doesn't need a job, apparently. Yeah.
2: Hopefully he's not running for anything, because that is not a good plan for your platform. We don't yeah. need jobs.
3: Fred doesn't need a job. Hey, I don't need a job. I don't know about the rest of
0: you. Uh, wow. Yeah. So this, this is what happens sometimes when automakers decide – they want to go put uh, factories in rural areas where people might be less inclined to want to unionize
2: and it looks like too there's there's like they originally had like this the parcel of land it, it was 750 acres that's been available since like the 60s so it's been empty probably for a really really long mm-hmm. th- and then nobody would get it but they need more so that they actually got two adjacent parcels they bought a ton of land it's a yeah. big spot 1100 acres
0: yeah, it's yeah and and that's not as big as the land that they bought in Tennessee for their factories down there cuz they have both a battery plant and an assembly new assembly plant um going up in this place east of Memphis um Stanton Tennessee. Um so yeah, it's you know it's it's a big investment that Ford's making uh to build LFP batteries uh for their future vehicles and the locals don't want it there. And that's you know there's also another one. And I think part of this It has to do with the fact that, um, you know, even though Ford owns this plant outright, they are licensing some technology for LFP batteries from CATL, the Chinese battery manufacturer, Mm -hmm. because originally Ford was planning to do this plant in Virginia. And uh, Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, said, nope, we don't want this plant in Virginia because, you know, there was this little slight connection with with CATL said we don't want Mm -hmm. any Chinese companies involved in anything in Virginia. So Ford said, "Okay, fine, we'll go to Michigan," and, and now he's getting pushed back from the locals yeah, there too. Michigan's like,
2: "No, thank you." <laughs>
0: well, the, the state of Michigan's giving Ford a bunch of money, uh, you know, as as most states usually do when a company builds a big factory. But um, they, uh, you know, the just some of the locals are are pushing back against this.
2: Oh, I'm reading I, all the way down to the bottom, and this guy Chapman, Mister, I we don't need jobs. He lives across the street from the, from where they're going to be building it. Yeah. So he, of course he doesn't want that directly across the street and they tried to buy it and he doesn't want to sell. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, you buy, I mean, that's, that's a stinker, but when you buy land across the street from a commercially zoned thing, mm, someday yeah. you might build something.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think, um, uh, you know, I think this is, you know, I don't think this is ultimately going to get stopped, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's. It's weird, you know, especially, you know, when it's not, you know, it's not that it hasn't been that often that new factories like this got built until relatively recently. And now we've got a whole slew of these battery plants going up. Mm
2: -hmm. And,
0: you know, I think, you know, we should, I don't think we should be trying to stop these things.
2: No, they need to be built. So, yeah, they got to go somewhere. like housing.
0: People got to live somewhere.
2: And it is a commercial zone. So, okay. All right. But.
0: People need jobs and they need houses. Wow. Um, so, Caterham, you guys know who Caterham is, right? Mm-hmm. A yeah. little British car maker. They make that funny little yes. thing. They, they, Yeah, they back Until in the early 70s, back, yeah, back in the early 70s, they bought uh, um, when Lotus stopped building the seven, you know, the, the sports car. Um, Caterham bought the tooling from Lotus and they have continued to build the seven in various incarnations ever since for, you know, 40. No, fifty years now, um, and now after fifty years of building the Seven, they finally have a new car uh, that they unveiled. Uh, Every the, fifty years, we're going to get a new Caterham <laughs> car <laughs> as part of the the Goodwood Festival of Speed. Um, it's uh, it's it's electric. It's it's nothing like the Caterham Seven. Um, it's uh, about the same size as a Porsche Boxster, but it has three seats, um, two hundred and sixty-eight horsepower. And uh has 249-mile electric range. It looks fantastic. It does look beautiful. It doesn't look anything like a 7, though. It no, does not. It's going to be a very pretty, expensive.
2: Pretty
3: car. It's yeah. pretty.
0: Because they're a tiny yeah. company. Uh, it looks
3: fantastic. You know, it just cut the top off, boom, and you got the new Mazda Miata EV.
0: This, there you go. <laughs> yeah, they said price less than 80,000 pounds, which is about $103,000 U.S. right now so okay. seventy nine thousand pounds. <laughs> that looks fantastic. Um all right. Um Chevy, um uh, their their three-row crossover, the traverse. Um the current one's been around since about 2018 uh or 2017. And um there's a new one coming early next year. Um as as we record this, it's Thursday. It's going to be officially unveiled on Monday when this will be when the show will be published. Um, and they've got a new third generation Traverse. Um, all new um, looks quite different from the first two generations of Traverse. What do you think?
2: Uh, silence.
0: <laughs>
3: it's fine. It's a Traverse. It's, um, all the Chevy, all the Chevys SUVs are look essentially just everyone. They like we made the Blazer everything's going to look like the blazer yeah is sort of the the deal which is fine because i like the way the blazer looks it looks fine i, I don't see any
0: you know three roads it's, people it's a lot chunkier looking than before i mean it's yeah. basically the same size uh, yeah but you it's, know but the
3: traverse is like the car that you forget was made like yeah. i forgot about the traverse like i'll forget about a traverse like three seconds after we stop talking about the the traverse <laughs> i don't know why it's just like <laughs> Like oh yeah the traverse.
2: Oh I feel yeah. Like it's a solid little car, little car, little SUV.
0: It's pretty big actually. SUV. Pretty. I
2: know, I I'm like those are the wrong word choice. I feel like it's a solid large SUV. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, mean, I I was I was looking up the sales for this segment, you know, the kind of upper mid-size, large three-row crossover segment. And in 2010, you know, which is about a year and a half after the Traverse was launched, the original Traverse was launched. Uh it was about 380,000 units in the U S and you know, that's for mainstream brands. This isn't, you know, it doesn't include the the premium versions. Um, And over the last several years, it's been over a million. So, I mean, this is a market that's grown a lot. It's got a bunch of new competitors like the Hyundai Palisade and the, um, the uh, um, Kia Telluride and, you know, upcoming the Kia EV9 and, and you know the explorer of course and and various others and this this is a a big segment um Mm -hmm. and you know so this new traverse is you know it looks a lot more truckish than before Uh, yeah it's a
3: bit more like yeah it's a bit burlier it's more it's butch it's more butch than the previous traverse that's that's the the butch
2: traverse
3: it's the butch traverse Um, Yeah, you know that's kind of a nice thing
2: though, because so many the the big SUVs they're going towards trying to make them not look butch. It's either you know what I mean. They're trying to do this sort of like sleeker kind of thing. Some,
0: some, I mean, they're they're doing you know these more rugged trim levels of a lot of them. Yes,
2: they do have the you got the
0: (laughs) the the Pathfinder um, Rock Creek Edition, right? And the Explorer Timberline, and um, the. The the Telluride has one. I forget what the what it's called now, but yeah, you know, they're all doing these off roadish versions. And so new for this year for the the Traverse is a Z seventy one trim, which has all terrain tires and different dampers and, and a dual clutch uh, all wheel drive system. You know that should oh, give man. a little better That's traction. That's
3: gonna be so dope in the Costco parking lot.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm gonna drive over this little cement uh, stopper.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: right over it. No, no one can stop me.
0: And then no, like- uh, the the interior, I think, is a big improvement over the current. Yeah, reverse. interior's nice. You uh, can like like
3: like there's like you can see where the start stop stuff
0: is. And- yeah, um, <laughs> it's it it looks a lot like the Blazer EV and the Equinox EV, but with <laughs> rectangular vents instead of circular vents. Like you have on the Blazer and, and the same 17.7 inch center touchscreen. So it's the same size center t- infotainment screen as on that hyperscreen Mercedes. Hyper, but hyper, I'm, I'm hyper, hyper screen. It'll be
2: a little bit less expensive. I don't know. I could be wrong. But I feel like. I don't like know. It's if you looked at the price cheaper. of the
0: Silverado EV?
2: <laughs> he was going to come <sighs> in 128 cheaper.
0: <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. So anyway, we don't know pricing yet. It's going to go on sale early in the new year. Um, one other big change is uh, powertrain. Um, the, the V6, the 3.6 liter V6 is gone. And the um, uh, the, the two liter four cylinder turbo is also gone. And now the only engine is a 2.5 liter turbo, which is new, uh, which I'm pretty sure is a slightly downsized version of the 2.7 liter that they have in the, the Silverado and the Canyon and Colorado and a bunch of other vehicles um and 315 horsepower and uh 317 foot pounds of torque mm. uh so so should have decent performance um yeah. and they'll also have Super cruise available in here so should be pretty good um yeah, it goes, yeah goes on sale early 2024.
2: so soon not that far away early 2024 yep. it's already the middle of 2023 so yeah
0: but so you and all your friends can go on
3: a trip you and all your friends to costco you <laughs> might go
2: further.
0: Uh, yeah, we talked we talked a minute ago about battery plants, all these new battery plants going up. Um, but apparently some automakers are having trouble building the or selling the EVs that they have now, um, which is not good. Uh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> they're they're apparently starting to pile up on dealer lots. So if you were thinking about buying an EV, you might actually be able to get a decent deal on one now. You might might actually be able to negotiate and you know you're not, not gonna, gonna get ripped amount. off it's yeah.
2: like it, and it's because you know it's funny because people have been being ripped off for a while now or just having these huge markups so like, for oh. such a long time yeah. they're so used to like either you have to wait or you're gonna pay a heck of a lot more than what the sticker says um it'd be nice for some people to not have to face that problem for a little while
0: yeah, yeah there, there's apparently yeah. a lot of mockies and f150s on lots right now no I mean, uh, it was
2: a huge wait for f150s I thought it was there,
0: there was like, until they started jacking the price up and now all of a sudden, yeah. uh, supply
3: and demand. Yep. Now they're like, Oh no, they're like, well, uh, people will pay for this. So we'll just raise the price. And he was like, they're only going to pay for this for so long, man. So maybe
2: that $129,000 Mercedes that I have right now could actually get, you could have it for a bargain pace of so like 120.
0: Yeah. Maybe. Or knows? you could, you can get a $7,000 discount on a Toyota BZ4X or Subaru solterra
2: Hmm. <laughs> what Robbie said, What Robbie you know, said. I know Mach E,
3: man. The Mach is a good car.
2: The Mach E, I would buy. I buy the F 150 yeah. and I buy the Mach E. I actually really like both of those. Two totally different vehicles, totally different use cases, but Here I would buy either one.
0: 2023 Mercedes EQS 450 automatic, uh, MSRP 118000 $7,500 Mercedes incentive, $4,500 additional incentive, $4,000 dealer contributions. Ooh. $3, Did you just randomly drive?
2: Google a, a dealership to see. No, what you're this paying? is in
0: the Jalopnik story. That oh, it is there. It's in, that, it's in yeah, there. Yeah, if you scroll okay. down. It's there. So oh, oh my gosh. So you you can get a deal on a, on an EQS. Oh, I don't yeah, know about the SUV. Look at this, that. this looks like it's actually the seventy five
2: forty five uh, four thousand three thousand. Yeah, I think that's the um, sedan. You
3: yeah. want the you want the SUV. I mean, I I prefer sedans over SUVs, but when it comes to the EQS, the SUV is better because the sedan the the rear headroom is not great you're you're yeah, better the, off the suv the
2: suv is really roomy it's fantastic
3: yeah you're better off with that suv so
2: that's like seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen thousand is that like sixteen seventeen thousand dollars off
0: that's what it looks like to me okay wow. i was trying to do
2: math and i'm like uh wow
0: so some pretty hefty discounts on on some on some on some evs not all of them right but you know some and then you know i mean tesla has slashed the prices on the model 3 and the model y multiple times this year um you know cut them by upwards of 20% from where they were at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. um so and that this is part of why you know you're starting to see you know inventories build up and 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 sales starting to lag on some of the competitors because you know the competitors have not dropped prices uh, for the most part, have not cut prices in the way that Tesla has, and so instead they're just doing going back to the traditional discounting method the way they used to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, with with more EVs coming to market, I think they're it's going to be it's going to be a little more affordable to get them.
3: Everything's coming up, mailhouse.
0: Yep. <laughs> um, an, another EV that um, should be more affordable next year, uh, in 2024, is the Kia EV9 which you know, we've talked about, uh, goes on sale later this year. Um, initially, the EV9 is going to be coming to us from South Korea, which means that it will not be eligible for the $7,500 federal tax credit unless you find a way to get that through a lease. Uh, but just, just this morning, Kia announced that they are spending $200 million to expand their West Point, Georgia assembly plant to add production of the EV9 in Georgia. Uh, starting in the second quarter of next year, so by by next summer, you you will be able to get U.S. built EV9s that will be eligible for the tax credit. Dun, dun, nice. dun. Yay. Yeah. And if the EV9 is a little bit too big for you, how about an Ionic Five N? Dun, dun dun It looks
3: <laughs> fine. Fa- <laughs> <laughs> that's all fantastic sorry okay, the dog came up to fair, me and interrupted like, my Bobby
2: lost his train of thought the dog Wait, the dog required
3: like? pets suddenly
2: setting um, a new it's debuted at the goodwood festival of speed setting a new benchmark for high performance evs and driving fun i love reading the titles they give press releases
0: it's, it's so crazy um yeah so um they, you know they've been talking about the Ionic 5N for a while and I think they're they're going to do an Ionic 6N as well. Um 641 horsepower from this one. So it's it's faster than the EV or more powerful than the EV 6GT or the uh Genesis GV60 performance. Um and it has something that those two cars do not have which is yeah. simulated 8-speed DCT. Ooh. Uh, Which, I don't know why you would want this.
2: (laughs) But it has it.
0: It's such a weird thing. It's like, okay, sure, you got it. Okay,
2: fine, if that's what you felt like we needed, okay.
0: So I guess, you know, there will just be a little blip in the in the torque delivery as you're accelerating (laughs) so every once in a while you'll get a little dip in the torque delivery uh, just (laughs) just for kicks yeah just to make it so i'm
2: looking at is this a thing i guess it's a thing the three pillars of n performance which are corner rascal racetrack capability and everyday sports car corner rascal
3: corner rascal is the name of my country band so i'm filing the suit (laughs) (laughs) uh
2: all I can think of is like yeah. that rascally rabbit but it makes me think of Bugs Bunny cartoons of old corner rascal
0: corner rascal yeah. um, mm-hmm. among, among the, uh, the many exclusive performance features are the end battery preconditioning, which will warm up the battery before you go on on the track and mm-hmm. race and pedal and brake regen and drift optimizer and uh, torque distribution and launch control and grin boost <laughs> grin boost the uh oh, and Lord. the active sound plus which uh that that makes it makes the whole thing sound like it's got uh, the Hyundai two point or the two liter turbo uh okay. from the uh I think from the Elantra n um and then and then the DCT you know with the N e shift I don't know I, I think some of this is a little silly
2: oh there's a lot of it's n- a lot
0: I, of silly you know, and I'm I am very it, excited about this car. Oh, it's okay. all family it. city
3: and i'm i'm, I'm I've, i'll i probably use you know if i once once we get in for get in for review um i'll use all those things for about 10 minutes and then be like all right it's enough of that drive it okay, but for I'm 10 little, minutes i will be a child
2: i'm a little disappointed <laughs> that when i look at the colors which all have lovely names and call, including something called soltronic orange pearl but there's no n anything there's like and gravity blue, or anything. There's no N in any of the color names. They put an N on every single feature of that car, but not one of those color names comes with, like, you know, Atlas white matte N, gravity gold N matte. Nope. Mm-mm.
0: But they like do they have that per- opportunity. That, that performance blue that is the signature color of the N brand.
2: But how cool would it have been if it had been performance blue and matte? Yeah. And performance blue matte.
0: Yeah, might be getting a little bit too long of a name for a color.
2: Oh, because putting an N in front of every other single single feature on the <laughs> car was totally cool.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, anything else on the Elantra or the Ionic Five N? No, I don't.
3: Like That's that. it's. I want the Ionic Five N. That's the only I know, thing really I got. That's all, all I got. I, be just, be okay. I just I just want it. I want to be driving it. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to call friends. Mm-hmm. I want them to come over. I want mm-hmm. to put my dogs in the back. I want to take band things with it. I really like the Onyx five and I know that the E V six G T drove so much better than it. Oh, and then so now there's this. And oh Roden Tracked did a drive with it, and they were like, This is the best like performing EV. And I was like, whoa Wow. That yeah. Awesome. So I cards. trust Brian. I trust Brian over at the old Roden Track. <laughs> yeah, so
2: Roden Track. <laughs> if Brian likes
3: it. It's good enough for me. That's not <laughs> get the <laughs> Brian, Brian seal Mike's of said, approval.
2: I'll, do it. I'll buy it.
0: All right. Well, I spent the day today with Magna. They did their summer tech day, um, and we spent the morning at Hollyoaks ORV Park uh, north of Detroit and in the afternoon at their at their uh, tech center uh, in Troy. And um, this morning we got to drive prototype um, electric Jeep Gladiator with Magna's E-beam electric axles. Um, so Magna has designed um, a solid axle, with an integrated um, electric motor and gearbox on there. And they had two of these on the Gladiator, one in the front, one in the back. And we got to drive around uh, on the the ORV park uh, in this electric Gladiator. And it was really good. It was really, really good. (laughs) Uh, I I, want to
3: say something about the Gladiator, just completely off track, just to mess up everyone's day. Um, mm -hmm. Every time I see the Gladiator, I'm like, oh, is that the – the uh what was it called Comanche I'm like oh, oh. I, I saw Gladiator today I'm like oh look a Comanche oh no <laughs> wait no 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 no
2: <laughs> you keep wanting it to be a Comanche or you think it looks like one
0: it just the Comanche was it, the jeep truck from the yeah I mean oh, it was so it was a, it, it was based it on that. the XJ Cherokee it was an XJ Cherokee pickup um uh, back in the in the late 80s and mm. yeah I mean this doesn't look anything like a Comanche but I think it's just a truck yeah
2: technically it's a jeep and it's a truck so totally the same thing
3: yeah in my brain i yeah. saw it the other day and i'm all oh comanche i'm like no robbie no
0: <laughs> and to be long honest long
2: vehicle no, Robbie, no.
0: no but one of the one of the cool things about this um you know and this is a, a, a magna prototype you know they they built it to to demo their hardware that they've developed you know and to show it off to automakers you know try and sell it to them and um one of the the cool features that they built into this uh is the uh uh their e4 low system so it's basically it's just software um uh, that uh simulates the effect of having four wheel drive low cuz there's no there's no transfer case in this thing like you right. have on a regular gladiator or wrangler or you know any other off-roader um and all, all, what it does is it just changes the mapping between the accelerator pedal and what gets commanded, the motors. So, you know, goes at really low speeds. But the nice thing about it is, you know, even though with electric motors, you know, the great thing about electric motors, you get that instant responsiveness. The bad thing about electric motors off-road is you get that instant responsiveness. <laughs> yeah, you know, So you get all that torque right away. And that's what happened when I, when we were out in Utah, when I drove the Wrangler out there. Uh, when it slid sideways on that hill because I was driving it in electric mode. And so, you know, I, you know, got on the accelerator and, you know, even though I I didn't stomp on the accelerator or anything, it just gave it that instant shot of torque. And then the wheel slid sideways because I was on, you know, side, I was on a slope, you know, off to one side and it just went sideways down the hill. Um, And, you know, with, with this one, because, it modulates, it makes it a lot easier to modulate that torque delivery with your foot. So you can be a lot more gentle with it when you're in conditions like that. And, you know, we drove it around and drove it up, you know, this, um, you know, kind of a simulated version of the same thing, you know, that, that they, that had been built there, you know, they had um, this hill that was paved over to make it as if it was a big rock in the desert, like, like the one we climbed with the Wrangler and it's much easier to drive that way when you put it in that e4 low mode so that this is going to be one of the really interesting things about you know getting electric off-roaders is having that kind of capability that's sort of like
3: able the ability like when you like you know when you read the four by e you realize just how much how you have that direct you know attachment to the road where mm-hmm. when you're driving an ice vehicle you're like okay I me mean, you know unless you're driving with a uh, manual transmission there's like there feels like there's like a little delay and you're like okay let me see my weight uh, okay now i'm moving all right now yeah
0: <laughs> and, and even when it moves i mean you're not getting all the torque at once you know you get, yeah you know with, with with an internal combustion engine you get it builds up so uh i think i think this this will be better it'll be a lot easier to drive um you know it is of course you know a fair bit heavier than a, ga- a gas gladiator This thing uh Just was a about, little bit yeah it's it's about uh, 6500 pounds i think they said for the the prototype um and i think that's about uh let's see uh curb weight uh for the yeah for uh a v6 um gladiator sport starts at about 4700 pounds uh, Rubicon. Rubicon's about five thousand pounds, and this was so about fifteen hundred pounds more than a current gas Gladiator Rubicon. Uh, So it's, it's a little bit heavier. Rubicon. But hopefully, hopefully that'll get lighter.
1: Yeah.
0: Um We they saw a bunch a, of. Yeah, oh, they just ahead. sort of built it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, you know they they threw it together just to test it out. So one, another, they showed us a whole bunch of stuff, but one other thing I want to talk about is um, they. Demoed their uh, alcohol detection system. How that so, work? Um, you know, in the in the infrastructure bill, one of the things that was in there when that was passed a year and a half ago is a you know, requirement that NHTSA uh, implement a regulation. Um, you know, that all all new vehicles will have to have um, a system that could detect a drunk driver and you know prevent them from starting the car. And so the system that Magna has come up with. Has got an air quality sensor that they've got right now for development purposes. It's mounted on the side of the steering column, and uh, driver monitor system. The infrared cameras, like we have for you know for Blue Cruise and, and Super Cruise and things like that, um, and the the air quality sensor. When when you breathe on when you breathe in the vicinity of it, it will detect alcohol molecules in the air.
2: So it's a built in mm. breathalyzer.
0: It's a built in breathalyzer. Uh, so what so if was, someone with you in the car is like really drunk? So I asked about yeah, that
3: because <laughs> you know, um, I don't drink you know, at all, yeah. but I like, you know, I'm sober. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm design a designated driver yeah. for like everyone else. And so if everyone's super drunk, then I'm like, sorry, guys, you,
0: gotta yeah, you
1: got to walk. You got y'all
3: got everyone. Hold your breath.
0: <laughs> so so this is why they have the infrared driver camera. So they're using both. Um, So, you know, even if it detects alcohol, that might be from somebody else in the vehicle. It's also looking at your eyes and your, 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 your face, your head position and things like that. And it's looking, you know, it's looking at the responsiveness of your pupils and, you know, all this stuff, because there's all kinds of things that characterize when, when somebody is impaired, you know, and, you know, that, and, you know, also looking for things like drowsiness, um, mm. Or you know any kind of, you know, if you've got a, some having some sort of medical emergency. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, even if it if the, the air quality sensor detects over a certain percentage, you know, if it detects, you know, clearly that, you know, you are yeah. you don't appear to be impaired, you mm. know, then it tries to avoid false positives that way by using the two sensors together.
3: All right. It also asks you if you know if it knows you, and then you say you don't know me. Then it's like no, you're not allowed to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. No. Do I know you? You're like yeah, sure, you know me, car. Whatever, it's fine. But if yeah. you reply, you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So walking home. So it's that's still in development, but um, you know it'll probably be coming in the next uh, the next few years to your car. You'll have to you'll have to breathe on your car to prove to it that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that you man. you should be allowed to drive.
3: Had to breathe. Everyone remember to breathe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's answer a few listener questions. I know you've got to go pretty soon, Robbie.
3: I got a motor. I got to go drive a, a Lamborghini. I'm I'm sorry.
2: Okay. <laughs> oh wow. I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever, Robbie. Well,
3: also, I also ha- I also have like three things. I also have two more articles to write, but mostly oh, I have to, I have now to drive I still the Lamborghini. I So
2: sorry for you. Whatever. Oh. All I heard was I'm going off to drive a Lamborghini. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm, <laughs> Lamborghini. Right, are, are, are you taking off right now then no no like we okay. can order we can answer some reader oh, questions okay our okay. listener questions not reader questions. Right. <laughs> so uh, uh one of our yeah. patrons uh steven uh, wrote to us um and said wheel team have been a subscriber to the major print magazines for decades and a longtime time listener of multiple automotive podcast I just wanted to say that Nicole's description of a muscle car as, quote, a little bit obnoxious with a bit of grrr, (laughs) is among the most brilliant pieces of automotive journalism I've seen. It's clear, concise, and perfectly captures the emotion that makes these otherwise hard-to-define cars special. Non-gearheads can understand it, and the phrase is a joy to share. <laughs> Thanks for all you do. Best of luck on the road ahead.
2: You're very welcome, Stephen. That's I'm, I'm pleased with my it. ability to come up with words and just make grr, sounds to describe ar. words. Grrr, That is grr that's yeah. it, it is accurate. I appreciate that you appreciated my He wrote my them out.
0: Yeah, he even he spelled them correctly. Out, grr, it actually says
2: grrr, ar. <laughs> Those <laughs> are it. words. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs>
0: Um. Uh, all right. Next up from Rick, uh, from Utah, also a Patreon supporter. Thank you for yeah. to all of our supporters. Woo-hoo. We appreciate Woo-hoo. you. My pets um, appreciate you helping them buy pet food. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it says Rick says you do a great job. Uh, you talked about what you do in your jobs, and I appreciate all your hard work. Thanks. Although I'm a little bit envious driving all these cool cars. No, I mean, I'm just going not... to drive a Lamborghini. Yeah.
2: Right.
3: <laughs> I, mean,
0: la- I mean, last week I was driving a VW Taos. That's a fine car. It's <laughs> a
2: cool they're car. Not all cool cars. Some of
3: them are they're not all cool. They're fine. Some of them are like, you know wait,
0: what? This is good. Wait, wait till you hear what I'm driving this week. Uh-oh. Is it a Lamborghini? No. Oh. GR Corolla Morizo. Oh,
2: that's right. He's oh, that pictures. is
0: a cool car. Yeah. That's better Ooh. than my car. I'll trade you
3: the Lamborghini <laughs> for that GR Corolla. It'd probably fit better in the, than the GR Corolla. <laughs>
2: in the GR Corolla. I
3: had, yeah. the Urus. I had the I had the Huracan oh, yes. a few weeks ago. So they're like, hey, you want the So I'm like, sure. <laughs>
0: Uh, Anyway, uh, Rick had two questions. Uh, I purchased a Mach-E all-wheel drive extended battery a year and a half ago. Absolutely love it. I purchased a Ford Level 2 charger. But with all the news about new charging stations and NACS charging, when I'm out and about, will there be adapters? So when I need to charge, I can just pull the adapter out to charge my car. Um, So Mm -hmm. let's answer that one first. Um, Yes, eventually, probably. Um, and there, there should be adapters, all, all the automakers, including Ford have promised adapters coming next year, uh, when they start, um, uh, making the, adding support for NACS. Um, and so there, there's a bunch of companies that will probably be building these things and they, they should be available some, you know, within, within the next 12 months, probably hopefully by the early part of next year. Um, and then, you know, there's also a handful of Tesla supercharger stations with the magic docks, which kind of have the adapter built in. Um, So that's, um, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. And there will also be you know CCS chargers, which may or may not work around for a long time. Um, And then next question, Nicole, I need your help. Mm, My wife's uh lease is about to expire on her Toyota RAV4 XLE. A little background, we live in a small town, about an hour out of Salt Lake City. Uh, So when we go to the big quote city, uh, we have to drive through a pass. We start at four th- at uh, 4,698 feet, go to nearly 6,000, and then down to 4,000 feet in 10 miles. In the winter, when we have uh, doctor's appointments in the, quote, big city, or do big shopping, it can be crazy. My wife has fallen in love with the torque and power of my Mach-E and would like something similar. So whatever we get has to be all-wheel drive. I usually do all of the background work and then give her informed options. Then she makes the ultimate decision. Would an EV or a plug-in be better? Do you have a, any recommendations? Um, Nicole, what would she like? Um, would some <laughs> would something like a plug-in Sorrento have similar power? I'm doing my research and scheduling test drives soon and I'd like to use the charger I already have. Tesla is out on her Rav4. Uh, oh, her RAV4 has 17,000 miles on it after two and a half years, and my Maki already has 20,000 plus in a year and a half. Uh, you can see whose car is being driven to the big city. Uh, oh, we're empty nesters and presently petless. Kids live out of state and visit once or twice a year.
2: Okay. So I'm trying to remember what I'm like, I'm, I'm like frantically so taking they, notes as we're reading through. They
3: drive those. the Maki to the big city right now.
2: They drive the Maki to the big city right now. And that is a really, like, that's a fun. I mean, EVs always have a little more kick. You know, that sort of acceleration is right there in an EV. So you're always going to find that more in an EV than you are in a gas car, even like the plug-in hybrids. I mean, you get it, but depending on how hard you're hitting the gas, and once you get up there, now you're you're on gas. You're not using the EV part of it. Unless
3: you're buying a McLaren.
2: Yeah, unless you're buying a (laughs) McLaren. I'm thinking that's probably not what you're looking for in the winter through a pass in the mountains outside Salt Lake City. Um, I'm trying to guys. Does the key does the EV6 GT have all wheel? What does that have? Yeah,
0: it's all wheel drive. Oh wheel we'll uh,
2: Because that's actually what pops into my head if she's looking. EV6 for something,
0: GT. Wow, you're going well, all in. You know you're like, what? Yeah,
2: she's let's do I'm it. Doing, I'm
0: saying, <laughs> you know, that, an EV6 GT with winter tires.
2: That, okay, yeah. and the reason I'm saying that is because they're driving the Mach E. They like the Mach E better than the Rav4. So she, if she wants something that has little get up and go and feels a little more perform like the maki has that performance sort of vibe to it so does the ev6 and if i'm remembering so like the regular ev6 but the ev6 gt is a little bit more fun yeah. so i would like my first thing that pops to my head is ev6 or if you want to do like the ev6 gt that's my thought what's your thought guys or- what's your
0: I'm fine. No, there, I. There's I, I, piling up on Judo lots. You can. Oh, no! You, that's that's was, a, you
1: that's another
3: <laughs> You can get a Maki GT. The Maki GT is all-wheel drive, but you already have a Maki. You don't get the same car yeah. twice. That's, that's the, weird. I would
2: say Machi, except they're driving one. But I'm like, okay, so they're driving a Maki, I don't That's the kind of thing. that If they like that better than they like the Rav Four, then the EV6 GT is what pops into my head as a as a as an EV because you're already okay driving an EV. You already know. That you're comfortable taking through the pass, and then it does okay, right? So, and and it charges super fast. Like there's that. Oh yeah, like there's the, that. The, 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 the ten to eight. The um, what I'm trying to say, ten to eighty percent. I don't have the numbers at hand, but like ten to eighty percent is stupid. Eighteen fast. minutes. It's like two thirty
3: five, two thirty six is the charge rate.
2: Right. Yeah. So, so you can charge that. It's pretty, pretty quick. fast. So it's not like you're going to be sitting around waiting forever once you go through to the big city for the shopping. You can charge it pretty much back up in no time. Um, you got so plenty I, of cargo
0: space in there. I mean, if your kids aren't with you, uh, you can hold down that back seat.
2: Because you don't have to worry about the kids, and when they, for the two times a year or whatever, or once or twice a year they're in town. If they need to ride with you, you still can put people in the back seat of that, and it's comfortable. Like you wouldn't want to do it all the time if they were always with you, but you put a couple of adult kids back there, you could definitely do that. It's got enough room for cargo. Does it work envelope. with your
0: existing charger.
2: Exactly. So you don't have to worry about changing that out. So if that's yeah. not on your list. I would put that on your list. Or, I mean, you put
0: it. How about a Hyundai it, Ionic Five N?
2: That would. Well, that's not out yet.
0: Yeah, I don't but know what the that. date is.
2: I'm I'm assuming right
0: next year. Now.
2: But you, he also said the Sorento, um, like a plug-in Sorento, have similar power. I feel like you hmm. would. I like the Sorento, and I think the plug-in is good. But I don't. I don't. Feel yeah, like it's not it going drives... to
0: have. It's not going to have nearly as much power. It, it's not going to feel as strong as the Machi.
2: No, it's not going to – and that's where I was – that's what's informing my decision here is, like, if they like – if she likes the torque and the power of the Mach-E, then, then I would go with an EV6 GT or okay. EV6 even, but I would yeah. say EV6 GT. My, my, only, my
3: only
0: issue with the, the GT is it only has, like, 200-ish miles, like, right. very and low, the, like, two or something. Yeah, but, has to but go? They've only put 17,000 miles on the RAV4 in two and a half years, yeah. and it's only t- – this is a 10-mile drive into Salt Lake from there. Oh,
3: is it homes. only 10 miles? I thought it was yeah. 10
0: miles. Oh, Down yeah. GT, for, right? it's a, it's a, you know, why have we been talking a, about you know, this? You know, yeah. big elevation change, but it's only but over I, 10 miles. So, so the range, yeah. the range, I don't think is going to be an issue. EV6 GT. But he does go on to say, you know, after listening to the show, I bought snow tires and switch between the tires for the seasons. Yay. Excellent. Very, very good. good job. Um, we had record temperatures and snowfall this year. And we've never felt more safe uh, driving with our weather ch- uh, with our weather changes. We lived in Southern California for 50 plus years. We moved up here to Utah. Neither of us have experienced driving in the snow. But listening to your show, we bought tires, and it really helped us. Yeah, because uh, that, so, that
2: is all the difference. Yay! Because everybody, winter tires are the best thing to have in the winter.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that may be something to keep in mind, though. You know, with the the EV6 GT. You know ground clearance is not going to be great you know so if they're depending on how quick they are with you know with clearing but if the they've snow
2: been, they've been doing it in the maquis yeah. right and i don't think the Mach-E yeah ground that's true clearance is it's, prot- probably, I mean, it's, it's probably not it's, much different is it that much different it's not like one's really suv height and one's yeah. really sedan height they're both eh, middling so <laughs> like, eh. the, you know, know, the, know you can see the hand uh, motion i'm making yeah. for in the middle um yeah, so I I'm I'm all about the the EV6, EV6 GT. Yeah. Oh, Robbie's leaving us.
3: I have all to right. go, so I'm not going to be able to help with the next two uh Oh, uh, okay. We'll figure, we'll figure it There's out. There's a lot of we'll questions. make do yeah. while you go yeah. drive your limo. Just make some stuff up. Do you know what? Just Whatever. use my just use, just make make pretend you're me and just say ridiculous things and people are like, "Oh yeah, that's Robbie."
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll do that. Just say I Robbie wrote that. the
0: script for us for this question. Yeah, Robbie just told us what to say.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, Bye, we'll talk Robbie. to you next time. Bye. All right. Um, yeah, you know the another possibility too. You know, if if you decide that you want something a little different from the Mach E, um, you know, might be to wait till later in the year, uh, depending on what your timing is. If yeah. you need to do this, you know, fairly soon, you know, then I would go with the EV six. Otherwise, you might want to consider, you know, the EV nine. You know, if you mm-hmm. want something with a little more ground clearance, a little more. SUV. like I don't
2: know if they went that big, right? Because they're that's empty true. nesters with Yeah, they don't. They, they don't kids. really need that something big. A little big. more car than yeah. they need.
0: Yeah. So. You know? Um. Yeah. No, I, 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 I go with the EV6 GT.
2: I, I really think that's my yeah. top one. I feel like have you know if you're thinking Sorrento, have her test drive it just to see. But yeah. you're not going to get. It's not going to feel like the Machi.
0: Yeah, definitely. Not. The,
2: the GT, the EV6G. GT? It is, a, it
0: is a really good vehicle though.
2: It's a great vehicle. But if you she likes that like that performance feel, EV6 GT.
0: Yeah. All right. All day. Next up from Ed. Uh, thank you for answering my question a few episodes ago. I really appreciate it and it helped me make an informed decision. Um, and I for the life of me, I can't remember what the question was. But okay. we will proceed with answering these questions. Okay. I have a second question regarding the CCS versus NACS connector. Um, could you give a quick if possible explanation of the engineering differences? Um, well, the the, main, the the main the <laughs> main the main things are it, the NACS connector is physically much, much, much smaller than the CCS connector. CCS connectors is, is a big bulky thing. Um, and another important factor is the CCS connector, the the latch, you know, when to lock into place is actually on the connector. So, uh, you know, a lot of times when you, you know, sometimes when you go to chargers, if somebody has accidentally rolled over the connector, mm-hmm. you know, if, if they left it laying on the ground and they drove over it, that latch will get broken. And so when you put it on there, it, you know, it'll, it, the friction will hold it on, but there's nothing to prevent somebody from, from pulling it off. Right. Um, with NACS, the latch mechanism is actually in the port in the car. It's not on the connector. So it's much less likely to get broken. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's, that's one thing. You know, the physical size is smaller. Um, the NACS connector, as it was originally designed, the, the CCS and the, the J1772 connectors, one of the things, you know, the requirements when they were developing the standards was it had to withstand 10,000 insertion cycles. So pl- plugging it in and unplugging it 10,000 times um the cc the nacs connector is apparently only designed for about 3000 cycles hmm. so it's not really designed with the same level of durability um and you know for for tesla you know they made the decision to do that so they could have a smaller connector and they also decided up front that they they would do this and just um go with you know um you know just plan on Replacing them more frequently on the chargers, you know, as they wear out instead of waiting till 10,000 cycles to replace them, they would replace them after 2,500, 3,000 cycles or whenever they mm-hmm. needed to be replaced. So it, the the specs are a little different, but function, you know, in terms of what they actually do, the capabilities are are similar and the, the latest, you know, it's supposed to be able to support up to a uh, thousand kilowatts, a megawatt charging uh, with that NACS connector. So we'll we'll see, um, pros and cons. I kind of covered that. The, the 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 biggest pro for NACS is the the size, and it's also a lot easier to insert. Uh, and we talked about this before. You know, if you actually yeah. look at the charge port on a Tesla, the the edges of the, the port where you plug it in are kind of tapered a little bit, so they're they're curved a little bit. So when you stick when you stick the charger in or the the connector in it it goes in much easier because and you don't necessarily have to have it directly perpendicular it doesn't have to go straight yeah, in really if you it, have it, it is, at a...
2: it's much easier because when you because i plugged in a tesla tune it is pretty easy but when you're plugging in the the ccs you or css am i saying CCS ccs you like if you are slightly off angle you are not plugging that in like mm-hmm. it is not kind to you and if you're trying to plug in in a dark spot like it's not bright you, you have that more like what am i why am i not lining this up right like it, it it's they're definitely harder to plug in.
0: yeah and and because they're bigger and heavier and the cables for ccs are heftier yeah. when they get cold they get stiff Which and a,
2: i've dealt with in some cold weather and it literally there was one time it truly I was driving with another person and it took both of us because between trying to line it up so that the plug And the port went together correctly and just getting the the cable itself to bend the way we wanted it was ridiculous so yeah the cold weather does make them a little challenging
0: and you know if you happen to have some any kind of mobility or strength issues with your hands like if you have arthritis um you know or you know anything else like that then it becomes even harder you know to to you know to handle that thing and, and get it on there mm-hmm. yeah you know, um so you know the C- the nacs you know with the thinner cable smaller connector it's easier to get a grip on it's easier to insert it's it's just going to be a lot easier for people to use um future proofing you know the nacs is supposed to be able to handle up to a megawatt um so that shouldn't be an issue um you know obviously existing vehicles with ccs um you know they they will eventually at some point have to use an adapter to charge from an nacs charger um european standard uh in europe they use ccs type 2 which is a variant we have ccs here in north america we have ccs type 1 um because it the ccs as i talked about before they started with the j1772 connector which is the round if you look at the the connector it's the round part with five pins in it um, and that's just for ac charging and basically what they did was they just added on two more big pins for dc charging um and because here in the us for ac we use single phase ac uh, systems um you know there's there's only there's five pins in that ac part of the connector the ccs type 2 and the the, the version of J, j1772 that they use in europe that ac part of it is different it has two extra pins because in Europe they use three phase electricity um and so you know you can get more power out of that um but it's it's basically pretty similar um and in Europe you know the the European Union mandated several years back that everybody had to use um CCS type 2 no exceptions and that includes Tesla so in Europe Tesla doesn't have their own connector their proprietary connector nacs on there they use ccs type 2 and superchargers in europe have ccs type 2 connector on them um same thing in china china has their a different standard um called gbt um and tesla uses that just like everybody else um the only place where they use their proprietary connector has been in north america um Hmm. and it's really not that much of an issue because I don't know about you, but I don't usually drive from Europe to North America very often.
2: Not not often. And, it's and a little tricky. It's a tricky, and, it's and a he, tricky it, thing to drive. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. most
0: not very many people drive from North America to China. So, you know, cars, <laughs> <Those are tricky. laughs> vehicles tend to spend most of their life, you know, in one region.
2: Right. And
0: so as long as a, any given region is, you know, standardized, and that's hopefully what we'll have here now with NACS then it's it's not you know it doesn't matter
2: moving to nacs is just going to make it weirdly more like other countries even though we're not having the same standard we just have a standard yes so to have have a standard is nice as opposed to having willy-nilly options for what your car (laughs) might be doing it will definitely simplify things
0: uh why is this happening now is this all driven by elon um not entirely i mean you know he obviously Wanted others to use the superchargers because that means he makes more revenue from charging right. people to, for electricity. Um, but, uh, and, you know, he made the, you know, his, the Tesla connector open source and rebranded it as NACS and said, everybody can use it. And, you know, I've confirmed with multiple automakers now that they are not having, they don't have to pay royalties to Tesla to use that connector. Uh, it is, cool. in fact, truly open. Um, and you know it's now being incorporated into the SAE standard. Um, so um, you know, there is a benefit to Tesla in terms of um, more revenue. Um, but really the real reason this is happening is because the other you know the other automakers have decided that they're fed up with the poor reliability of everybody else's chargers and they want their customers to have a better charging experience.
2: Because really, at this point, like, you know, we've, we've had endless conversations about how the fact like, like Tesla or hate Tesla, their charging network is the most stable one out there. Like you can pretty much walk up to a Tesla charger or drive up to one and you're going to get exactly what you expect. You go up to the other charging networks, they're in weird spaces, the connectors are broken, the charging rates are off or they don't break. Like those kinds of things, those super frustrating things kill the EV experience for people and can dissuade people from getting an EV altogether or push them towards Tesla. Well, if they're using the same thing as Tesla, now that particular problem is removed. Um, and that, I mean, that's just good for all the automakers in terms of like, well, you're, you can buy our car and use that same charger your Tesla does. That's a good thing for everybody.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the the, the big unknown or one of the many unknowns at this point, actually, is whether Tesla will remain as reliable as they have been, because yeah. a lot of a lot of the reliability problems we've had with other networks has actually been software issues. Because you know, with with a gas powered car, you know, when you stick that nozzle from the gas pump into your car, the pump is not talking to your car. It doesn't care <laughs> what car it is. Is it all it cares about is there's a nozzle there that, or there's a hole there that this nozzle fits into, and you know, it's flowing gas until until it hits the stopper, you know, until the, the neck fills up with gas and, you know, then it stops. Um, with an EV, the charger and the vehicle are constantly talking to each other, negotiating, okay, how much power can I send you? How, mu- how much electricity can I send you? How fast can I send it? And, um, you know, so there, there's this constant communication going on. And, you know, when you've got a lot of automakers doing their own software on the vehicle side and a lot of charger makers doing their <laughs> software on the charger side, there are inevitable incompatibilities so far tesla has not had to deal with that because they've controlled both sides the car and the charger and they do you know they have the same software and all their chargers the same software and all their cars and they talk to each other and it's easy once you have a whole bunch of other companies trying to use tesla chargers will that still be the case will they will the software still be compatible who knows We'll just have to wait and see. We'll
2: have to wait and see.
0: Yeah. Um, so it, it might get worse for Tesla or not. Hopefully it won't. Um, and then uh, question five B is this push to change about using the Tesla charging infrastructure or just the physical connector itself? Both, you know, as we've kind of already explained, mm-hmm. um, given that the cables at the Tesla chargers are too short for anything other than a Tesla, what does this mean for these stations? Um, so this is. Again, this is one of those unknowns. Um, you know, unless you happen to drive um let's see, I guess the uh you know, either something like uh Hyundai or Kia or Genesis EV, where the the charge ports are on the rear corner, um, or um the, the you know, maybe a Rivian. Have, it's on the rear corner. Is it on the rear corner on the Mercedes? Yeah, it's on the rear okay.
2: corner on this one.
0: Yeah. So some on some vehicles that um It won't be a problem. Others, it will be a problem. Um, Going forward, um, Tesla has started to roll out in a couple of locations in Europe, their version four charger. It's their next generation charger, which is higher power. Um, They don't have any in the U.S. yet, but they'll probably start rolling those out eventually uh, here as well. Those apparently do have longer cables on them uh because they've already been opening up the charging network in Europe to non Tesla vehicles for over a year now. And so I would imagine that going forward they, you know, as they replace the cables, they'll replace them with longer cables. So hopefully that won't be a problem. Yeah. Uh, I know it's a long multi-pronged question, perhaps isn't ideal for feedback. Um, well, too late for telling us that. in just now no, we
2: should have read that first. <laughs> Dang it. I just really
0: appreciate the history and engineering aspects that you talk about in a non-technical way. Uh, all right. Sid Polk, uh, wrote actually a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I didn't, didn't put it on here yet. Cause I was trying to find out the answer. He said, when I was a kid, um, lightning struck a pole near our house and the surge destroyed our TV. Uh, When I was just out of college, lightning struck a pole and the surge through the phone line destroyed my roommate's modem and PC. Do I have to worry if my car is plugged in during a thunderstorm?
2: Okay, I'd like to clarify first, nobody needs to live near or with Sid because apparently he's struck by lightning a lot. So just consider your roommates carefully. But go ahead, Sam. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) good point. Um, Actually, one of my neighbors down the block, uh, a tree um two of my neighbors because the tree was in between between their houses last summer got struck by lightning during a storm oh goodness and it was like i don't know like midnight one o'clock in the morning and we were in bed and i heard this really loud loud. i mean i I heard the thunderstorm but then i heard a really loud bang and the the tree had gotten struck and the whole top half of the tree was destroyed by the lightning Um, lightning's bad it's it's really bad (laughs) um but um for what it's worth automakers have thought of that they are they are aware of the uh the issue and um I've confirmed uh with, uh, with a couple of different automakers that they do have uh surge protection built in to their ah, charging circuits okay. so if you're if your EV is plugged in during a storm uh you know if if the charger gets struck or the cable or uh the vehicle um generally if the vehicle gets struck by lightning it's usually not a problem because right. your car has rubber tires on it and it's grounded. Um So it's usually not a problem. It's it's going to be more if your charger gets struck by, by lightning. And, but they, they have, they have thought about that and they've got a lot of surge protection built in to m- try to mitigate the impact of any kind of electrical surge through the charger or through the cable. Um Obviously, you know, depending on how, you know, how much power there is from the lightning, from the lightning, it, could still potentially damage the vehicle, right. but they've 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 tried to mitigate that.
2: I feel like that's the case. Even like you know, if you have surge protectors on your things in your house, like you're probably protecting them. But every now and then, they they don't. You know, it, it, depending on yeah, how the lightning hits. There's but... only
0: so much power you can absorb.
2: Right. So you like you're probably pretty safe, but you know nothing's perfect. <laughs>
0: and you know what? You know, a, a vehicle or a charger can be replaced. You yes. can't be. So Correct. you know stay out of the storm stay inside if it's, if there's a thunderstorm going on and, you know, if you can stay away from your vehicle um, and hopefully everything will be okay. Uh Finally, Neil uh, wrote in to say, interesting that you guys were accused of anti-Tesla bias, but considering that there are many manufacturers, each with many brand lines, each with many models and trim levels that change up every year. It seems to me that Tesla's few models with no advertised 20 XX change up mm-hmm. makes Tesla an infinitesimal fraction of available news items. So any significant airtime to the podcast would be out of proportion to their fraction of the total news universe. Uh, I bet if Tesla were to have new models and change things up every year, maybe it would be noticed more. Enjoy the show, Neil from Morrow. Uh, well, thank you for that, Neil. Uh, you're right. Yeah. I mean, Tesla doesn't, Tesla doesn't do the usual model changeovers like other automakers do. Right. Um. They actually change up their their vehicles far more frequently than most people realize. But a lot of those changes are under the skin and you don't see them. Um, yeah. Like uh, I was at uh, an event at um, a company here in the Detroit area called CareSoft uh, about a month ago. They're they're a benchmarking company, so they do vehicle teardowns. Actually, they they tear down other stuff too. But you know they're an engineering services company, and so you know they will. Get vehicles either that they purchase or that companies, you know, their client companies bring to them and say, "We want you to do a teardown of this and analyze it and give us the results." And among the things that they showed us, you know, were they've done a bunch of teardowns on EVs, including they've done three teardowns over the last three years on Tesla Model Ys. Um, they had one from that was built in 2020, one that was built in 2022, and one that was built early this year, and from the outside, but you know, when you look at them when they're all put together, they all look exactly the same. You cannot tell the difference between them. Right. There's no styling differences or anything. But when, when they tore them down, it's remarkable how different they actually were under the skin. Mm-hmm. The the one from 2020, um, you know, you've probably heard about these these giga castings. You know, these, basically, they're large die castings that Tesla started using in their structures, and um, the one from 2020, the, the whole front structure was still made up of a bunch of steel stampings that were welded together in the t- typical way that most vehicles are built. But the rear end, they had two of these large aluminum castings and then a piece of aluminum in between that was welded in there. So for the rear structure you know, and the, the, the shock mounts where the, the shocks and the suspension and everything are hooked up, it was two large aluminum castings. For the one built in 2022, instead of two castings, it was one big casting that made up that entire rear structure that's under the sheet metal. And then there was another one, uh, or no, sorry, there was, and the front was still the same as the 2020 version. The 2023 version had that rear single casting, and then it had a, a, giant, a similar giant casting for the front structure yeah. to replace the front, plus... Um, the, the body on, on the 2020 and the 2022 models still had a, a floor pan in there, you know, after they took everything out, there was, you know, sheet of steel Mm -hmm. made up the floor pan and the the battery pack is bolted to underneath that. The 2023, which was built with their new structural battery pack had a big hole where the floor should be. There was, there's no separate floor because what they do, and there's a, I'll, I'll include a video in the show notes, um, when, when um, our and Associates also did a teardown of one of these. And basically, the battery pack now makes up the floor and the seats are actually bolted to the top of the battery pack. So oh, when wow. you when you get when you put the car up on a hoist and then you lower the battery pack down, the seats, all the seats come down with it. They're actually attached <laughs> to the, the battery pack, which is the floor of the car. That's so funky. there's. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot fewer pieces in this thing um that go into you know so it's easier to assemble um but there are some downsides to this and i this is one of the things i was talking to the magna guys today about i asked them about this because among other things that they do you know they make body panels and frames and all kinds of stuff and i talked to one of the the structure structural engineering guys and i asked them asked him about you know these large die castings and you know, whether other automakers are looking at it. He said, yeah, other automakers are looking at it. And what I heard from him and what I'd also heard from somebody else a couple of weeks ago um, on this topic was that one of the problems with these large castings is when you get into a crash, they, um, you know, with a a traditional steel or aluminum structure, you know, that's made from a bunch of stampings that are welded together, Mm -hmm. they, they use, you know, they they usually use multiple materials in there it's not all the same material and different some of the parts are designed to deform in the event of a crash to absorb energy um you know cuz what you what you want what you want to do is you want the the vehicle body the vehicle structure to absorb the energy of a crash so it's not transmitted to the occupants in the vehicle so there's less likelihood of the occupants being injured
2: like the car looks squished but you're fine
0: yes yeah, you 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 look you you can walk away from a crash where the car may be you know severely damaged or destroyed, but you walk away from it with little or no injuries. Mm-hmm. With these castings, castings don't work in the same way, um, and they typically you know they don't deform the way these steel stampings or these metal stampings will. They will just fracture. They'll absorb the energy, but they fr- they fracture, and Basically, what happens is, you know, in the event of a, depending on the severity of the crash, a lot of times with uh, with a traditional structure, it's repairable. You know, they can replace some of the parts, right. you know, and they can straighten stuff out, and they can repair it. With these castings, they can't be repaired you basically have to rip the entire front of the vehicle off or the rear of the vehicle off and throw it away. Well, I mean, it gets recycled, you know, because you can, Right. right. thing about metals is you can melt them down again and reuse
2: them. <laughs> and use them again. <laughs> yeah,
0: but um, yeah, so the, the repair costs are substantially higher, you know, and a lot of times, you know, insurance companies will end up just totaling the car. And so that, you know, if you've got a structure like that, there's a much higher probability that in the event of a crash, it's just going to be totaled instead of repaired. Yeah. Um Which so just just something to think about.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh well that's all we've got for this week. That's
2: it. That's, that's all it. we got, Sam. Yeah.
0: Mm, Did we do we do okay
2: without Robbie? Should we should we say something goofy <laughs> blah blah blah. I'm tall blah blah blah. Cars He's, are he's small. all
0: gangly. He His arms are flopping gangly around all over the place. Yeah. Blah blah blah.
2: Okay, there. He, he doesn't do he wrong. doesn't
0: fit into anything because It'll he's so fit. tall.
2: My band stuff doesn't fit. Okay. I think we got it covered. <laughs> okay.